God who is the master locksmith and I'm just thinking last weekend we had some friends over and their kids locked their car the keys in the car but Judah had one of those tools to open up the door and then the next weekend I think it was this weekend she said all oh, the keys got locked in. if they get locked again it's okay because we can get back in there because Judah knows how to do it he's got the tool did you know that God has the key for any kind of bondage that you have on your life anything that you have that you feel trapped inside or it's impossible to get in there, we're gonna have to call a specialist. We know the specialist. We know the one who can take off any chain. He can break off any door. He can get you out of any prison. Even if you put yourself in that prison, he can get you out. What a mighty God that we serve. What a mighty God that we serve. Let's take a moment and remember who our God is. Who we are, we are sons and daughters of the Most High. What more will he do for you than what Judah's gonna do for someone to help him get in their car? What more will he do for you to get those bondages off of you, off of your life, so you can be free, so you can get to where you need to go? We're just gonna sing that verse again and just let that soak in. Let's take a moment and remember who God is and who we are. You have been chosen. You are not forsaken. You are who he says you are. And he calls you a son and daughter. He has given you his name. When the enemy sees you, they see him and they have to flee. He is so good. Hallelujah. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am.
Happy Mother's Day. Ladies, and not just the, the moms, but all the ladies in the house, we honor you today. But we're gonna, uh, at this moment, partake of, of communion together. One of the great things about church is you get to come here and sort of go, okay. Take a little bit of a breath. All the things that are going on in, in, in your world and things that are happening every single day. The opportunity to come here and sort of, sort of reset, recenter, you know, something like that. And the greatest thing that you can come to church and remember is what communion represents. See, Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, And this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. The centrality of, of the crucifixion of Jesus and what it means for us is so important that of the commands that Jesus gives, this is the one we are to do when we come together as a church. You know, we, we know they, they sang hymns together, but there's never a command to sing songs when you get together. We do that, we see the testimony of Scripture. There's never a, a command that, uh, you know, we have to have kids' church when we come together. There's never a command that we have to have greeters at the door when we come together. There's never a command that you need to have a sound system in church have somebody back there to run it. Lots of things we focus on when it comes to church. But we are commanded to do this. And this is the greatest focus of why we are here. At the two sacraments, the church was given baptism and communion, the Eucharist. That both are about the body of Jesus. We are baptized into him the body of Christ. Then we partake of the elements that symbolize his body crucified for our sins. Now, every time we get together and we partake of communion, it's the high point of our worship together. The most important thing. So as you come today and... and take the elements and head back to your seat. You don't have to if, if you don't want to, but, but I encourage you to do so. You do this in remembrance of him, and it's an opportunity to kind of reset, refocus, and this is what it's about. And to know because Jesus has done this for us, then things like we're singing this songs that we sing are absolutely possible. So when you take this back to your seat before we pray, I'm going to give you a moment to examine yourself because Paul writes about that also in that passage that I just read. Check your heart. 
If there's things in your life that you need to ask for forgiveness for, repent for, do so. Do it with the intention of not just repenting, but also having life change. Because ultimately, that's what this is about. Examine your walk with him. Is my life a life worthy of, of the calling that I have received? Think about it. I'm going to give you a moment to do that, and then, then we'll partake together. But I want you to have a moment with the Lord, you and him. We're here corporately. We're doing this corporately, but personally. Have a moment with him. Amen? So if, if you wish to partake today, come down to the center aisles and, and filter out around the sides. If you're watching on live stream, uh, you want to go grab something from your kitchen and partake, grab a piece of bread, grab something for the cup, do so. You can partake with us in just a moment. Take a moment and reflect. Okay. Lord Jesus Christ, Son, have mercy. Forgive us our sins. Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us change. Lord, I pray that each one of us lives a life worthy of the calling, sons and daughters of God. Lord, a life with you, dependent upon you, but full of you. I pray you fill us with your spirit each and every day, Lord, full, overflowing with you. In Jesus' name, oh, Lord. Lord, we will continually fulfill this command until you return again. The church worldwide, hand in hand. That we simply believe. We believe. We believe your crucifixion was the greatest thing we could ever see and happen. We believe.
We believe in the forgiveness of our sins. We believe in new life. Don't you? Thank you. Thank you. Lord, that we would never take for granted what this means. That it never becomes cliche. It's something we do at church. But what this re represents and the mystery of your presence in these things, Lord, that we are people that lives are marked by you in such a way a peculiar people called out holy unto you thank you Lord that your body was was crucified, it was broken. The wage of sin, death, was paid. By the one who didn't deserve it, but you gave your life. Thank you. Lord, today we partake of, of the bread in remembrance of your bodily crucifixion. Partake together. Oh, Lord, your blood was shed. In this wonder of God, blood that washes away all of our sin. This, this wonder of God, that the blood of Jesus. Cleanses us, justifies us. If we simply just believe. This amazing work of God. Thank you. Thou stand in the shame and guilt of my sin, but I have been forgiven it. My sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west. They are no more. Thank you. Lord, we partake of the cup this morning in remembrance of your blood shed at Calvary. Oh, Jesus. Will you, will you just worship him for a minute? Oh, Jesus. Will you just praise him from your heart just for a minute? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. 
Oggi. Oggi. Oh Lord Jesus, we worship. Our hearts are yours. Oh Jesus. Just, if you will just call on his name, you will find salvation. If you will call on his name, you will find salvation. Amen? I'll say it again. If you will call on his name, you will find salvation. Amen? Do you believe? Amen. Amen.
rejoiced as though heaven had. But then Jesus arose without
good morning. What's well, good to see you today? How many of y'all are still happy? Anybody? Okay, all right. That was most of you. The rest of you will just, will help you out. I hope, maybe, we'll try. All right, well, let's take up tithe and offering. If you have something to give, offering envelopes and chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will have offering envelopes coming down the aisle just now, along with prayer request cards. So uh, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to join with you in your prayer need. Uh, so uh, raise your hand up, and they'll get one of those to you. And then, then give it back to the usher, get it to me after church. And we'd love, again, to join in prayer with you. Uh, we have uh, Miss Lila is going to come down and take up our offering this morning. How about that? So everybody say hi, Lila. Hi, Lila. Coming. You're on a little bit of a short cord right here, so uh, there you go. So I asked her uh, a couple weeks ago if she'd take up offering, and she's like, sure. So here she is. So uh, have at it, Lila. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there first. Um, I just, I'm going to tell you a quick story real quick. Um, Friday night, I hurt my back pretty bad. I don't really know how. Maybe I was just sitting in the same spot too long, but it hurt pretty bad. And then I went to bed right and so I went to sleep and I was waking up all night and I was like trying to move but like it hurt so bad and I woke up in the morning before my dad was gonna wake me up had trouble like getting up and I was walking around a little bit trying to like stretch it out and I like went like this like trying to touch my toes this is as far as I could get before like I don't know it I couldn't go any further and so I went back to bed and about, I read a chapter in my Bible first and I like prayed and I just was asking God because I had this thing planned, I had a whole day planned yesterday and I said, God, please just heal my back and I was really like, I was praying a lot and so I started to go back to sleep, my dad came in to wake me up and I, it was still hurting, I could barely get out of bed, I said, Dad, Will you please pray over my back because if it doesn't feel better, I'm not going to do the things I planned today. And so he prayed over my back and I just, I really had a lot of faith that God was going to heal me this time. And so right after he prayed for me, he said, I'm going back to bed, wake me up when we have to leave. And so he went back to bed and he walked out and I tried to touch my toes again. And this time I got all the way down here before it started to hurt really bad. And so it's still a little sore, but God really gave me so much strength for the day. And it just like really boosted my faith in him at that moment. And I was just overwhelmed with the spirit of the Lord. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. And it was really good. And so tithing is an outward expression of our faith towards God. And so he gives us so much. And so we just, he only asked that we give to him we give him a little bit back to him. So let's all have faith today if you feel led to give and just, um, yeah, if you feel led to give, give to the Lord, but just be a cheerful giver if you give because if you're resentful for it or you're like, oh, I got a tithe today, it's just like, what's the point in it? So um, I'll pray for our offering and have a blessed day as we go. Lord, I pray for this offering, and I pray for all the people in here, Lord. I pray that we all 
are blessed, God, and that we would be cheerful and joyful in giving back to you, and that you give us faith every day to live for you, Lord. And I just thank you for all that you've done for each and every one of us. Um, thank you for this day, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lila. Good job. If you have something this morning, you can bring it down. And as you're doing that, some quick announcements. Don't forget, uh, Sycamore House fundraiser, back by the back door. Grab one of these baby bottles, fill it with change, bring it on back. They'll be collecting it at the end of this month, okay? So don't forget about that. And then also, um, BBS, the last Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of June, we're giving you a lot of notice on this, is our yearly annual vacation Bible school, 6 p.m. each night, those nights. So uh, make sure you mark that down on your calendar for your young people. Uh, and also uh, to invite, you know, neighbors and all sorts of stuff out to that. So, and uh, one more announcement, and this, this is a, a big one. It's important. Next Sunday uh, is a vision casting Sunday. What that means is right after church, we're going to stay together as a family of faith, and we're going to talk about vision uh, for the rest of this year for our church into 2024. We're going to cover Oh, man, outreach stuff coming up. We're going to uh, talk about uh, some things with Dream Team, some needs. We're going to talk about uh, update on the finances, like, like building and, and different things of that nature. But anyhow, uh, make sure you're here for that. So if, if, if this is your church family um, or, or you're considering this being your church family, you can stay that day also and uh, just hear what's going on in our church. Uh, all we're asking is bring some food to share. Mike said he's making all the desserts, so bring some other stuff. And can you say that? Oh, one. Come on, Mike. I was, I was, what are you making? Cheesecake, maybe? Is that a big ask? All right, Mike, cheesecake. All right, so um, I'm going to order, we're going to have chicken, huh? Ooh, okay. Anyway, bring some food to share. I'll order some chicken in. Uh, when church is over, we'll eat, and then, then we'll uh, start talking while we're doing that. And just, just talk about things coming up for our church. I'm excited for our church. I hope you are, too. And that's what next Sunday is about. All right. So Acts chapter number three, if you have your Bibles. Happy Mother's Day. And I, I hope all you moms get a relax and rest today, right? I'm going to go home and make dinner for my family. Hope doesn't look too enthused about that. We actually went out last night, and uh, we actually hung out for the whole day yesterday. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and uh, went out last night. So, uh, And not just moms, uh, uh, all the ladies of the house, we honor you. Um, uh, and, and moms, let me just say this. All you moms, look at me. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. I think sometimes uh, we reflect on, on things that we do and we have a tendency to beat ourselves up. Stop beating yourself up. You're doing a good job. Ain't nobody perfect. Nobody pretends that. But yet, you're doing a good job. So, so keep at it. We honor you today. All right, Acts chapter number three. We, we've been talking about post-resurrection gospel things. We're going to jump in and, and lead into the book of Acts. So 
post-resurrection of Jesus. On, uh, after Easter, we talked about Thomas and we talked about uh, Peter. And, and we even uh, jumped into the Great Commission last week. Uh, and we talked about that we were called to go. We're going to continue that today. But we talked about the fact that we were supposed to go and go into the world. But we kind of went back and jumped back to the Old Testament and looked at an example of what not to do. And we looked at Jonah last week. And we gave a little course on what not to do when you were called to go. Jonah eventually went and did what he was supposed to do, and good things happened. But that we don't go with the attitude that Jonah had. Dealt with that last week. But you stay in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. But let me read you something from Acts chapter 2. So after Jesus is ascended, the Holy Spirit was sent. We're going to pick that up in uh, the first Sunday of June at the week of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. Here's what the church, the early believers, found themselves doing. This is the end of Acts chapter 2. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were even selling their possessions and belongings and, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily, day by day, those who were being saved. That's the snapshot of the early church. The believers that were there after Jesus ascended, they devoted themselves to teaching and learning, and they devoted themselves to fellowship, gathering together. To the point they were even breaking bread together, eating together. They were involved in continuing the prayers, prayers that we pray together. They supported one another, praising God. And that last part of it, and the Lord added to their numbers daily, those being saved, that was happening because they were sent and they were going. Okay? That's important. You remember we were, we were talking about uh, Thomas. And the very first two times that Jesus appeared to the disciples, both times, remember, they were locked in a room in fear of the Jews. Remember, they were feared they were going to end up like Jesus, killed and the first time that Jesus went and stood among them, he said, peace be with you. Eventually, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. That, that was a prelude to the Great Commission. That the church, though we devote ourselves to teaching and learning, amen, and we devote ourselves to fellowship, gathering together, amen, right? We devote ourselves to breaking bread together both in, in, in meal and fellowship, but also of communion. We devote ourselves to the prayers. We devote ourselves to the support of one another, praising God. It doesn't stop there, but we must learn to devote ourselves to being sent. Because the largest, biggest way that the Lord adds to the numbers daily those that are being saved is because the church is actually going. 
We're not just coming together and learning. That's nice. We're not just coming together and, and fellowshipping. That's nice. We're not just coming together and breaking bread together. That's nice. I like to eat. That's good. But when we do those things, there's a common purpose not to stay here behind locked doors. And we can get the wrong view of our Christianity, even our holiness, that we have to hide from the world and lock ourselves away from the world lest they contaminate us. That's not the view that Jesus had. He didn't have it for himself because he ate with the sinners and tax collectors. And then even in the early church, he didn't say stay and hide out just to make sure you secure your holiness. He sent them with the idea because we are learning to be taught, and because we are in fellowship, and because we are in the prayers together, and because we're praising God together, and because we're supporting one another, we're going to be strong enough to be sent. And you can take that little blurb and, and roll that over in your mind. Did you, did you hear that? The reason we come together in part is so that we're strong enough that we can be sent there's some maturity in that statement. That we don't have to hide from the world because we're too scared of the sin of the world. I'm not scared of the sin of the world. It doesn't scare me. I'm not worried about going out there and getting infected and invading my holy bubble. If it does, whose fault is that? Let's be honest. If it does, whose fault is that? The devil? No. The devil has never made me sin once. Is that true? The devil can't force my will as much as God can't force my will to be saved. The devil can't force my will to sin. Every sin I've ever committed was a choice on my part. We come together to be strong and learn and grow and, 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 and become what God has intended us to be so we can go and be sent. The church is to be a sent church. Now, now I know we're talking about this, and it, I think it was last October, we did a whole series on sharing your faith, and uh, we, we talked about the fact that it is our calling to share our faith, and, um, and we share our faith because simply people need Jesus. Write that down. People need Jesus. And believe it or not, people do want Jesus because they have, they have a, a want of hope. So we, we share Jesus. We share our story. We can even share our church, by the way. We said this. this is a great statement. I want my life to reflect Jesus in such a way that people that know me but don't know Jesus will want to know Jesus because they know me. Man, remember that? I spent a whole Sunday talking about that. If people know me but they don't know Jesus, I want them to want to know Jesus because they know me. That's effective witness. So we are to go. In everyday life, sometimes intentionally to share Jesus, but most often simply going about our lives. And we're going to see this in a second. But to go, therefore, is the great commission of our lives. So, Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read this entire chapter. All right, so jump in here with me. 
Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. So this is right after what we read at the beginning. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried there, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. He was a beggar. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. In other words, he said, hey, give me some money. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. He grew up like I did. Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his, his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Remember that song? And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the, the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know that Peter and John were just going about their daily business of life. They were heading up to the temple to pray, as was their custom. They weren't actually going out street witnessing. This wasn't intentional church outreach happening here, right? They were simply going about their daily life. And they crossed a man who cried out for help, for money. And Peter replied, I don't have any money. He was like me. You know, yesterday we were out, and on the way home, we stopped at Wendy's to get a Frosty, and I pulled some cash out of my wallet, and my wife was dumped out. She goes, where'd you get that money? She was shocked that I had money in my wallet. You know what I did? I didn't even answer. I put it back in there and put my wallet back. None of your business where I got that money. Anyway. Peter is like I am normally. I don't have any money. But I have something that's much better for you than giving you money. I have Jesus. Jesus has me. So in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Right? Now, ultimately, the name of Jesus corrected why he needed money. There was, there was a trickle-down effect there. But there's something bigger happening here that that man met Jesus in a very powerful way. You know what I really love about this is I love the response of this man. He went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping. That, that, is, that is a genuine response to the goodness of God. Now, now, how many of you have ever experienced the goodness of God? Let me see. Okay, let me, let me. You just fell on a trap door. 
He experienced the goodness of God, and the result of that was walking and leaping and praising God. He could not contain himself. Don't wait for God to do the next thing. If he's already been good to you, where's your joy at? Don't, don't turn God into what have you done for me lately, then I'll rejoice. But what has God already done for you? Is there a joy of your heart that would escape in such a way that you just don't walk, but you leap and you praise him? My gosh, it would show up in our, our worship services. Now, I stand in the front. My back is to you all. I don't know what's going on behind me. I don't watch live stream and check it out. I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption, I may be wrong, that there's joy in the house when we worship him. And there's a response of, of joy. In other words, there's an overflow. That if it strikes you in such a way, you're not opposed to leaping and praising God. You see what I'm getting at? That there's an overflow of your life that God is good and he is doing something. Okay, let's keep reading. Oh, by the way, let me just say this real quick before we keep reading. That man could have been ignored by Peter and John. When, when, you, when you catch in your heart really what it means to go, it's hard for you to ignore opportunities that can regularly pop up before you to share Jesus with somebody. See, the Great Commission isn't necessarily you got to move to a foreign country and be a missionary. It's your call, go, but most of us not. I'm not. I've been, I've been overseas a lot on trips, and I've, I've been to Honduras, I've been to Ecuador, I've been to Africa, I've been to Mexico. I've, I've been all over the place, right? Every time I come home, I'm reminded I'm not called to do that. Great trip, good things happen, that's not my calling, right? Everybody's called to do that. But you are called to go, and if you happen to be walking, an opportunity presents itself. You don't ignore the opportunity. It's e it would have been easy for them because I'm sure they passed by beggars pretty regularly to ignore him and keep, I don't have money, quit bugging me. Actually, I'm going to pray. How ironic would that have been? I think sometimes we, we pray, we pray, we pray, and then we don't do nothing. How about we pray, then do something? Right? They didn't ignore him. They responded. And he couldn't meet his specific need, but he could share Jesus. Amen? Yeah, let's, let's take our opportunities as they come. So while he, the, the man that was just healed, verse 11, clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in a portico called Solomon's, the porch of Solomon. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this or why do you stare at us as though our own power of piety, we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. 
but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So, brothers, I know that you had acted in ignorance, as also did your rulers. Peter's giving them some grace here. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that this, his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. And you shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham. And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And of course, this often happens. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in, uh, in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But watch this. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. The church is growing. And the church is growing because the church is sent. And they are sent in the name of Jesus with the word of Jesus. See, God is still at work. And he still does what we think is impossible. He is always the same. He does what we think is impossible. As Jonah learned, as we talked about last week, this lost city of Nineveh, Nineveh, who most would think is too far gone beyond the grace of God, yet they heard the word of repentance. They changed, and God relented and had grace upon them. Amen. God still does the impossible. He does the impossible all the way down to a lame beggar can walk and leap and in turn praise God. He's still the same God. Now because of that, we are to go. As, as I said last week, that the, the Great Commission scripture Matthew, in Matthew 28, I had it printed on a sign and I hung it above the, the, the outgoing door of the youth facility that I used to have. That, that if the kids were, as the teens were leaving, if they, paid, if they just looked up, that was the last thing that they saw as they were leaving the, the youth church. The verse that we remind them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, discipling them, baptizing them. Amen. 
that that would be our hearts. That today we come and we're equipped and we're built up, hopefully encouraged, hopefully strengthened. And then we leave with this message of Jesus. The Jesus that should be causing us to walk and leap and praise God because of his goodness that we can't contain it and we got to take it somewhere. To watch him do the impossible. So I have, I have three points today. And these are all, listen, they're so basic. But I want to remind you today before we move on from into a, another series next Sunday. Basic things that we understand as Christians, believers in Jesus, as we are out in society. Here's the first one. Kelly, if you got this, please put it up. When we go, we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can't forget that. Now, again, June the 4th, Pentecost Sunday, we're going to go to Acts chapter 2 and talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to remember something. I want you to think about something. When we hear Jesus say at the end of Matthew 28, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age, we go, amen. Now, we like to, to pull that out when we're struggling and you're facing life and it's just not easy. And to remind yourself, in the middle of my struggle, Jesus is with me through the activity of the Holy Spirit, right? We then go back to like Psalm 23. Even if I'm, if, if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear for God is with me even here. And we like to... To, to grab hold of that in those kind of moments. And true, amen, do that. But the context of I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, was because you go. We like to know Jesus is with us when we're struggling, but you also know the power of the Holy Spirit is resident and in you when you are in society because you've been sent with the message. And you remember that. How is it that you can go because you've been empowered? See, see, when that man started to walk and to leap and to praise God, and, and Peter addressed the crowd, he was very pointed to say, this wasn't because of us, by the way. This was by the power of God that this happened. When you go, it is not your power that you go. That is why Peter, who denied Jesus three times, was able to still go and boldly proclaim, not because of his own boldness and courage, but because of the boldness and the power of the Spirit that was in him. See that. I think sometimes that personality, sometimes that we're timid, sometimes that, that we're just not uh, the kind of people that would just kind of open up and talk to somebody I may not necessarily know too well. Okay, I get it. When opportunities arise and you just reach out, you're reaching out with the power of the Spirit that's resident within you that God will do something you it's God listen to me how many of you count yourself to be a disciple you're on the okay you've been sent you've been told to go the outworking of the book of Acts has not stopped 
We are technically in the book of Acts until Jesus comes again. You know that. And because Jesus has sent you, he doesn't send you alone, but he sends you with the power of his spirit. And if you have the power of the spirit in you, then why wouldn't you want to share? Why is there not moments where you could be bold? Why is there moments where you couldn't have courage? It's not you. It's God working. So just remember, when you go, you go in the power of the spirits. Here's the second thing. I know this is basic, but here's the second thing. Second slide. And when we go, we go with the good news of Jesus in our mouth. The good news that you can be forgiven, so repent. Is the news of new life. Is the news that Jesus is coming again. Now here's what's amazing. Okay. You can read the entire book of Acts. You'll never once find an altar call. Never find, hey, okay, I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you a question and raise your hand, and when you're done, I'm going to have you come down front, and I'm going to lead you in a sinner's prayer. It's not there. Nothing wrong with those things. But the point being is that it's a simple response of belief that comes because you share Jesus. In other words, you don't have to have altar calls on the streets. Tell people about Jesus and let the Holy Spirit be a big boy. He's going to do his job right? Share Jesus. And the word is on your mouth, in your mouth. It's constantly coming forth from you. Why would the the good news of Jesus be in your mouth and on your tongue? Because God is good, and you're walking, and you're leaping, and you're praising God because of his goodness. You can't keep it. I think there's, there's a lot of segments of the church where we've lost the joy of our salvation. We need to get it back. Remember where I once was and and to know where I am now in him. To know the hope in him that I have received. The biggest issues of my life have been taken care of. Right? The salvation of my soul. That's my biggest issue. To the joy of my salvation that I cannot contain. That when you leave this place, and you head out to whatever you do today, and you get up tomorrow and, and go to work, or whatever your, your day's like tomorrow. That the joy of your salvation is resident right here. And because such joy in your heart is something that you cannot and will not contain because you want other people to have that joy, which is the whole opposite of Jonah last week. He didn't want to share that joy. He just wanted people to burn. That's not the way we look at the world. Compassion. Compassion. Because people need Jesus. So when we go, we go with the good news of Jesus in our mouth. That's the whole point. Now, I'm going to throw this last one in, last little slide here. And we go knowing that there may be persecution. Count the cost. Is every person you share your faith with going to receive Jesus? Probably not. If you bat a thousand, please do so. Go for it. Teach us. But chances are you're not going to bat a, a thousand. You're not going to bat a hundred. 
Matter of fact, you may get some pushback. Matter of fact, it may cost you your reputation. As a matter of fact, you may end up being an outsider in some circles. Matter of fact, you may be gossiped about and slandered and, and your name drugged through the mud. That may happen. But let me tell you something that Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are you, right at the end of the Beatitudes, blessed are you when people persecute you and falsely accuse you in my name. Blessed are you. Blessed, the favor of God is upon you if you face persecution. We think the favor of God is upon me when everybody I witness to gets saved. Everybody I pray for gets healed. That's the favor of God. No, the favor of God is doing his kingdom work, and what happens, happens. That's the favor. But we're called to do his work. Blessed are you. Blessed are you if you go. And find yourself, well, Peter and John were thrown in prison. You think about that. This guy was healed miraculously. An amazing thing happened, and the response of the goodness of God is to throw him in jail. That's the way the world works sometimes. And you have to realize that. But it should never deter you from going. It should never surprise you when it happens. Now, again, it's not because of how you're going. It's because the gospel itself may be offensive. It's not because of your attitude, but it's because the gospel itself is offensive. But when you go and take the gospel to a world that needs it, you'll find that the world may reject it too. So I, I wanted today to re-challenge you, and we do this consistently, but this is, this is a word that we'll never stop having in this church. That you are devoted today to hearing the word and hopefully being encouraged or learning or something today. That something, something that was said today may be something you go, oh, and, and you learn from it. Or you may have heard everything that was said today before, and this is just reminding you. That's fine, too. But we devote ourselves to the teaching of the Scripture. And you devote yourself to the fellowship. It's not about coming to church and taking attendance. It's about what happens because we gather. There's a reason we're called together. Devote yourself to having all things in common with, with the body of believers. In other words, we help one another. That's bearing each other's burdens. But don't forget why we come. We come so we can go. I think we can get in the habit of just coming to church. That's a good habit. Don't stop. But that's not the end of what the gathering of believers is about. It's sort of a launch pad to, to go back out again. That we come together, regroup, organize, strengthen, share. Then we launch pad back out, right? Don't forget that part. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love to see those scriptures in the book of Acts that you see as, as the end of Acts 
chapter 2. And the Lord, listen, added to the numbers day by day, daily, daily, those who were being saved. That's a mobilized church. My goodness. That's an absolute mobilized church that we have the same heart. Amen? So, so not right now, but let's, let's go after I pray. Let's go with, with full hearts. Let's recapture the joy of our salvation. Think about what God has done for you. Think about the mess you were in when he found you, when he got a hold of your heart. Think about the many times that, that, that he broke through in your life. Think about it. Count those things. Joy of your salvation. Let's take it to the world. Amen? But how about we pray? I'll, I'll get up on your feet this morning. If you would, please stand with me. You got joy in your heart. Leap. There you go. All right. I heard all those knees popping. There it was. All right, so don't regret, don't regret past opportunities. You just never know. You just never know what God made you. You just never know. Amen. Lord, I thank you that we are sent people, that we have a purpose, we have a mission. I thank you, Lord, that we are in on what you are up to. That we, because we have received the ministry of reconciliation, now we are ministers of reconciliation. I thank you for that. Lord, encourage us, empower us, strengthen us. And I pray that we are making an impact in society one person at a time. That we're a church that gathers, but we're a church that's sent also. Help us. In Jesus' name, help us. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for anybody here this morning that has not called on you as their Savior. Anybody here this morning that has not received the forgiveness of their sins. Anybody here this morning has not repented of their sins. I pray in this moment that they do so. As the scriptures testify that you will forgive them, you will save them. I thank you for that promise and that wonderful work. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Amen and amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Mother's Day. Now, if you want a, another update on Pastor Dosik, you can come over here. I'll turn my mic off and do that in a second. But be blessed as you go to.